We've all been there. You have an unexpected medical expense, or you get into a fender bender, but you don't have the money to pay for it immediately. Dave is the banking app that could help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. To download the Dave app, go to dave.com today. That's D-A-V-E dot com. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Two Mr. P's in a Podcast with me, Mr. P. And the other Mr. P. Hi guys, we are recording this after doing our very, very first interview with a guest on the podcast. <sighs> it was good. <laughs> I'm speechless. Yeah. Adam's lost for words. We did... We did talk about this in the previous episode, but we thought we'd just record this little intro um, before we get into the interview, because we really enjoyed it. We had lots of fun. Uh, Our guest was great value. We also hope you guys enjoy it as well. And if you do, please do let us know, because this is something that we'd love to do again, and we are sort of uh, scouting round. Flirting, for, aren't we? Flirting, trying to get a few more guests. We've already been rejected. Yeah, we have. <laughs> I think yeah, we've, yeah. Shot, we've shot too high. But it's like what they say, <laughs> innit? You know, you gotta, you gotta kiss frogs before you get your print. So we, you know, we're getting rejected. Yeah, but if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I'll tell you, it'd be really good for the podcast, get in touch, let us know. And there, then, there is, there is, yeah, but there is, at the end of the day, there is a line isn't there I mean I, personally and I'm not getting you know big for my boots here because at the end of the day I am no one <laughs> <laughs> I am nothing yeah. but you know if we're going to interview a guest I want a name I want I want a status I mean at the end of the day you're what what have you got on Facebook now Two, 200 plus thou what followers you would say that you're one of I mean in the educational world one of the like most followed yeah, I've got to yeah. be up there. Yeah, well, you always tell me. That. <laughs> you, no, that, literally, that is all you ever say to me. When you answer the phone, you go, the most followed UK, the most followed educator on Twitter. Um, no, but I'm talking like, you know, when you're talking names, I want I want to be a bit starstruck when I'm interviewing someone. Yeah. I want to be like, oh my God, as if yeah. we're interviewing this person. At the end of the day, if we're just going to interview another overweight HLTA from a different school in London... <laughs> You know, nah, I'm not interviewing the competition. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but yeah, if you, th- if you think of someone that would be good value, I mean, what, what, as you'll see in this interview, it was very laid back. It was just talking through their career and what they're up to now and then just reminiscing on some of those sweet school days. Like legend, though. Like, proper enjoyed having this guy on. And he was, yeah. He, I think he enjoyed it as well, didn't he? Yeah, well, he, yeah, he, he said, and we... Um, well, it was interesting because... We know him from different things, don't yeah, we? Yeah. So I knew straight away he was one of the legendary characters from Horrible Histories. Whereas for you... Yeah, for me, it was a it was kind of like a cult classic film called Mindhorn. Yeah. And he only had, like, a supporting role. But his role for me was... <laughs> it was unbelievable when, when you mentioned who it was... I was just like, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so you are about to hear our first ever interview with Mr. Simon Farnaby, who has or is just about to release his first uh, book, children's book, called Wizard, uh, The Wizard in My Shed. 
um, which you've been reading, I've been reading with my kids, and it's uh, it's been a right laugh so far. So strap yourselves in, guys, and get ready to listen to our first interview with Mr. Simon Farnaby. Enjoy it. We are delighted to be welcoming the star of Horrible Histories, the Paddington film, and now the author of The Wizard in the Shed, Mr. Simon Farnaby. How are you, Simon? How are you doing? Hello, boys. I'm good. All the better for seeing you two chaps. <laughs> You're just saying that, Simon. Stop it. I am just saying that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think the first question we have to ask is, how has lockdown been treating you? Uh, not bad, actually. Um, well, I, I actually got the virus early on. All right. And my wife, yeah. Um, so we got it out of the way before even lockdown. So... I've just been, you know, come on, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Catch up. No, um, and uh, uh, we just finished doing a series called Ghosts that's on yeah. BBC One. So it's this Horrible Histories team, and we do a show called Ghosts. And we just fin- got it under the, uh, got it in the can just yeah. as lockdown started. So uh, I planned the rest of the year, because I don't like to do too much acting, because you have to get up too early in the morning. <laughs> so um, I'd planned the rest of the year to just do writing anyway so yeah. it's actually worked out alright like it hasn't had too much of an impact right um, right super um, well we are really pleased that you could join us today on the UK's number one educational comedy podcasts uh, as far as we, we know there's only probably three educational comedy podcasts out there but we are number one uh, we, should, we should make it clear to Simon, though, that it, uh, you don't learn too much by listening. Maybe to Lee, uh, you can learn quite a bit from me. Nothing. <laughs> you're probably going to, like, how do you unlearn? <laughs> do you yeah. learn? Yeah, regress. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, I get um, more stupid listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I apologise if your writing's not as good after this interview. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, 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 you know, the podcast for everyone who's listened before, you'll know it just takes a lighthearted look at life in the classroom. But one thing that I, well, we, can I say we? Uh, well, it depends <laughs> what you're going to say. <laughs> no, is just sort of one of the most important aspects of, of school is obviously reading. Um, and you have written, is this your, um, your first children's book, is that right? It is, yeah. And it's called. I've got my copy here as well. Oh, you've got one there. Well done. He's going. He's going full Graham Norton here. He's like, I've got my copy here. (laughs) Got my copy here. Yeah, he's plugging it. I'm not going to go full Graham and say I've read it all yet. I've I've started it reading it with my kids, Um, and it's actually been the first book we've started reading. Where where was that page? You know, like when you bend the corner of a page to know where you're up to. Page five. Sixteen. So not to, that's longer than I've ever read in any no, book. No, but we, we obviously during summer we've, um, we've, we've took our foot off the pedal as far as home learning. And so we've, the kids have got into the routine of just before bed watching Friends. They started watching Friends from the beginning. So the other night when I said, right, getting back, we're going to read this book. We're going to, it's, it's Simon off Horrible Histories. Um, you, yeah, you had to compete with Ross and Rachel and Joey. So yeah, we didn't get very far, but I, I'm loving it. I'll tell you what I like about it. 
um, from what I've read so far, and it's on the first few pages, is you really get a sense from everything that I've seen you in with horrible histories and everything like that. Uh, your sort of author voice really comes through based on what you, how you present yourself on screen, if that makes sense. So, yeah. you know, uh, really funny. Uh, and even within that first chapter, there's quite a few sort of knowledge, little drops of knowledge about that time in, in, in history, uh, which I thought was, was sort of great. But um, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll pass it over to you and I'll let you just sort of talk, talk through what the book's about um, and, and, you know, what, where it's, what you'd say it was sort of aimed at age-wise. Uh, so, yeah, if you want to talk us through that. Yeah, um, so it's a it's um, it starts in the dark ages, and it you meet a a wizard. Well, he doesn't like being called a wizard. He's a warlock called Murdin the Wild, and he he's he's a criminal really, and he's on trial. And then he he gets sent sentenced to uh, the rivers of purgatory, so hell. Yeah. But his, his his rival, his enemy, sends him to the rivers of time instead, so to try and get rid of him forever. And he ends up in modern-day um, Bashingford, we, we call it, uh, like a town, sort of fictional town. Um, and there he meets a girl called Rose, who she wants to be a singer and win like Britain's Got Talent, you know. Yeah. And so they form an unlikely friendship. And, uh, and yeah, you're right to say, like, horrible histories and my sort of sense of humour, I hope, obviously is in there. But, like... Um, because he is from the past and he's from the dark ages and someone was asked, asking me about this, you know, a few days ago, like how, how my experience on something like Horrible Histories, um, you know, how, how it's useful in writing a book like that. And I suppose it's the voices, you know, that I, there's, I enjoy writing the dialogue in the, you know, what the characters yeah. say in the book. And a lot of that is, um, I, I used to like playing, you know, Horrible Histories, like stupid deaths. <laughs> yeah. He's very. Um, he's a bit like Murden in a way, you know. He's he's quite full of himself, and uh, he likes the misfortunes of others, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Murden's a bit like that, and it's quite a sort of authoritative authoritative voice, but he's not quite as clever as he thinks he is. Right. And um, I, mean, I I I picture this if it was to be a, a film or a TV show down the line that you would. You would be in with a shout to actually play Murdin, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon so. But then I'd have to oh, get up too early. morning. So, where did the inspiration for this book come from? What gave you the idea? Or, uh, well, I, as a kid, I always liked stories about kids who met strange sort of figures. Like, I don't know if you remember Stig of the Dump, which is about a kid yeah. who meets a. a um, Basically, he's, he's a uh, caveman, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, you know, and um, I remember E.T. Uh, you probably don't remember this, you're too young, but there used to no, be... No, I don't remember E.T. He's, he's not that young. He's not Not for E.T. I mean, for we had this video store in Darlington, where I'm from. Right. And he was called Mr. Video. And one day he said... Um, I've got this video here, uh, and it's from America, and it's a film. It's not even out yet in America, and it's called E.T. Right. So imagine what you know about it. I mean, I presume you've both seen E.T., right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the most famous films. Uh, but I was an eight-year-old kid, and, and so I'd never even heard of it. I'd never even 
you know, so I hadn't had all the hype, greatest yeah. film of all time or greatest, one of the greatest family films. So I took it home and I, and I was just blown away. I was like, wow, you know, little kid meets an alien, becomes friends, you know. And then, of course, it's so sad, you know, when he has to leave. And I was bawling my eyes out and I was laughing hysterically. And that really, um, they're the sort of stories I like. And I wanted to, wanted to tell that. I suppose it's like, you know, in Paddington, you meet a bear, you know. It's, a kid, some, it's really about some kids and a bear and what, how cool it would be to live with a bear. Yeah. And so I went, oh, it'd be pretty cool to live with a wizard, you know, <laughs> to have a wizard in your shed. It's that, really kind of, it's that kind of experience, like, you know, an eight-year-old going to the video shop and get given E.T. before releasing, that's kind of give you that inspiration. For me, we had a local video shop called Global Video. And when I went, when it was shutting down, I got given a film, which I thought was like kind of, this is the difference. This is why you are who you are. And I, unfortunately, am who I am. Because <laughs> yeah. my film was... Killer clowns from outer space. <laughs> it didn't really inspire me to do anything. Yeah, it didn't worry <laughs> about that. That was just your bad luck, isn't it? That's that? it. Yeah, luck. that was my ET. I got ET. I was yeah, it was so lucky to get one of them. Because I thought all films were that. I went, oh, this is films, they're all this good. Yeah. And then of course, you know, sort of 30 years later, you go, there's <laughs> really only one ET. <laughs> <laughs> the same guy gave me Oh, this is unrelated, but Airplane. Right, yeah. Oh, classic. And um, again, that was quite, that was a seminal sort of thing for me because I went, I went, oh, I didn't know you were allowed to take the mickey out of, out of disaster films, you know. Yeah, yeah, and there's, yeah. there's a bit of mind horn in that, this film that I did with Julian. Oh, it's brilliant, yeah. I didn't know, you know, you go, oh, you're allowed to look at things and go, they're a bit kind of rubbish. And you're allowed to take the Mickey out of them. Yeah. But until I saw airplane, I had no idea you were you were allowed to do that. I thought it was, you know, like illegal. So, you, so would you say that was like the one film that inspired your sort of uh, writing as far as comedy is concerned? Would you say it was a airplane then? Yeah. Oh, that was definitely when I sort of fell in love with comedy because I couldn't stop laughing. Like, I mean, I was I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I, mean, was, I can remember now and I must have been only like 10 I think yeah and I was just on, rolling around the floor like unable to control myself laughing yeah, but, do, well I'll tell you what it is about Airplane as well it stands the test of time doesn't it so even now you can watch it and there are still some absolute perler lines in there you know uh, well, surely I'm, you can't be serious I am serious and don't call me Shirley yeah, I know, yeah. Yeah. A it's a large building with patients in, but that's not important right now. You know, those sort of things. And that, that's, uh, you know, stands the test of time, doesn't it? Those yeah, she was another film, um, Back to Wizard in My Shed, which is what I'm supposed to be talking about. But they, there's a film called Les Visiteurs. It's a French film. Right. And it's about two, um, two knights. It's really funny, actually, if you check it out. Two knights, medieval France, and they... They, um, the, a witch puts a spell on them and sends them forward in time. Yeah. And so they, like, arrive in this wood and they don't even know what, like, a road is. You know, they see a road and they're, like, tapping it with a sword and going, what is this strange? That was a big... Sorry, go on. That was a big one for Wizard, for Wizard in My Shed because yeah. I really love that out-of-time 
kind of taking that. And I, and I went back before, you know, medieval times. This is like the dark ages. So, you know, they'll have no windows and no, you know, um, never mind TV or whatever. So that was a big so would, would you say like the characters, are they just any, like with, uh, with Rose, is she based on anyone or inspired by people you know or...? Rose is an interesting one. Probably, um, I mean, I have a daughter yeah, um, who isn't as old as Rose, but I suppose I just think about when I think about my daughter growing up and about sort of facing the world, you know, and you really feel for kids or I do, I don't know what, you, you just go, you, you feel for them at every turn, you know, you go to a, um, you go see their, I remember watching my daughter in, um, just in a nativity play at a school, and she yeah. only had one line. But I was sat in the audience nearly dying, like, with... I was, I was like, come on, you know, nervous for her. Yeah. She was sort of fine, but that's why I feel with Rose. I, I like, want to look after her and go, it's OK, you're going to be yeah. all right. You know, it doesn't matter if the kids at school laugh at you, you know, you stay true to yourself and, you know, keep faith in yourself and you'll be all right, so... So I suppose if that's anyone, it was, it's probably my feeling towards my daughter, I guess, yeah. yeah. I was um, I was explaining to my deputy head today who's, like, in charge of reading. Obviously, we both work in separate schools. But I was telling my deputy head today, obviously, she knows who you are. She's a massive Horrible Histories fan and, and uh, obviously your other work. And I was saying that we were interviewing you about your new children's book and she said, oh, what's, what's it called? And I said, oh, it's called The Wizard in My Shed. And honestly... It was like I told her that she'd won. She's got a winning ticket. She was so excited. So I'm pretty sure you'll have a nice order coming in from my school. There's no, there's no doubt. Ah, about brilliant. It. Yeah, good to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm like that with my kids. I I fear for them. I I, uh, I talk about it quite a lot when when I do my work with schools. Just saying, I think for this generation especially, it is so much harder than what it was like when we were kids. You know, I think so. Yeah the pressures from social media and the expectations yeah. in, in school a lot of the time. There's, um, there's a lot of that in the, in the book, you know, I am um, the, 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 these three bullies um, called the cats and they, um, they sort of video Rose's terrible audition and put it on YouTube. And yeah, yeah. And of course that's what I like about, I mean, really Murdin is like a father figure, like Murdin's like me and my daughter, you know, yeah. Or, or, I, or how I imagine it'll be when she's a bit older. Because <laughs> I think all dads are all people who are, I think everyone feels a bit out of time as well. Like even, you know, not so long ago, I thought, oh, I'm young and I know what YouTube is and I know what Twitter is and I know what, and now it's something else, you know, TikTok or, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. You always feel a bit left behind as a, as a parent or as a grown-up. But I think the kids feel that way as well, slightly, you know. I think the kids feel like, and as well, they've got this, these, they've got to live up to these expectations. People only put their good selves on. You know, when we were at, when we were at school, there was not, not, none of that stuff. No. You know, you basically put your clothes on to go to school and that was the best you'd get. <laughs> <laughs> not, that was your display picture. <laughs> that was your new display picture, a haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Haircut was about as as uh, as much as you could do. Yeah. And I think yeah. the pressure to be uh, the you know 
and to get likes and you know even my daughter who's six watches you know we let her on youtube sometimes but she's always like i've got to like this and i've got to press like and i've got to recommend and all this and you go no you don't you don't have to no, get involved it's, 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 that's what they're all about it's, yeah it's, it's, a it's scary, very strange if you actually see what they're watching on youtube as well the, the majority of the time it's like them watching people watching people watching yeah. someone yeah. play something it's just absolutely yeah my, i made the mistake of letting my boys discover minecraft over lockdown and that was, yeah. uh, and I was quite a fan of Minecraft because it's it's quite a creative sort of game in that they can build and stuff. But they've now got to the point where they're not as interested in actually playing Minecraft. It's watching videos on YouTube of Americans talking through <laughs> playing Minecraft. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Honestly, it's it's uh, it's very bizarre. I don't actually understand that in any way yeah. shape or form no no <laughs> so um so yeah a couple more questions on the book then so what uh compared to obviously all the other sort of writing that you've you've done before how would you compare this did you find it easier harder did you enjoy it more what would you say um i'll tell you what it is. i did enjoy it more probably um i'll tell you what it is it's like when you write a, a screenplay you know, take sort of Paddington 2, for example, you know, and you go, you, you hand it over to a director and then the, direct, it's the, the director from then on sort of calls the shots, you know, and, yeah. and he'll usually will, will cast it and, you've got the, and then you've got the actors who come in and some of them might um, change things you do or might not be how you imagined it. And then yeah. you've got a set designer and you've got a costume designer and you've got, you know, and then you've got the editing process and you're not really involved in that. Whereas a book is really a way of going, um, you know, I'm the writer, but I'm also the director. I'm, I do the scenery, I do the set design, I do the costumes, <laughs> you know. There's no one can go, oh, you can't have a chandelier in that room. You know, <laughs> on, the, on a film, you go, no, you can't have that, mate. It's too expensive. <laughs> you've got lamp, you know, you've got to have a lamp. you can have a lamp yeah. in the corner and that's it. Whereas when you write a book, you, you really have the freedom to... I, I like to see it as you sort of... You're making a film for people to play in their heads yeah, as yeah. they read. <laughs> so, they, always say, they always say the book's better than the film. It was funny. Yeah, when, and I think it's because it plays to your imagination. And yeah. I think you always imagine things much better than... Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. I had it with the... Apart, uh, from in, uh, apart from in Killer Clowns, <laughs> yeah. Killer clowns from outer space. <laughs> you should have read the book. That cannot be beaten. But I had it with my wife and Twilight. My wife made me watch one of the Twilight films a while ago, and um, she'd read all the books and loved the books. And then I was forced to sit through this film, and I didn't really pay much attention to it. I was sort of on my phone or whatever. And then at the end of it, I turned to my wife and I was like, "Did you enjoy that?" And she sort of was like, "A bit, mm, not really, you know." And I thought she'd love it. And I was like, "Wow, what's the matter?" And she was like. He's not my Edward, and I was just like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. She pictured as as her Edward. Uh, she thought it was a bit more, you know, masculine, muscular, yeah. <laughs> you know, a bit more like me, <laughs> a bit more round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's um, it's like people have said, uh, oh, what about someone like you know, like for murdering, like Benedict Cumberbatch or someone would be good, and yeah, and I, oh yeah, it would be, but then some people don't like Benedict Cumberbatch, you know. 
And uh, I don't like it. It's funny you should say that because we had a conversation on the on a pod, on the podcast once about who would play us in a Hollywood film. I mean, I doubt we'll ever get there. A biopic. Yeah, a biopic. And I said Benedict Cumberbatch would be perfect for him. And he hated it. Because I said Chris Pratt for me because we're both quite chunky and funny. And Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I, think you, I think you did well out of that. Yeah, <laughs> he just argues till I, till I agree till I stop stop talking it was, but it was like you know with what are you 34 35, 35 yeah. so he's 35 I'm 31 and we were sat there going no I'm him I'm him <laughs> um, yeah so I mean who would you cast if you had to if you had to cast it who would you who would your murder be um I think I mean actually I have thought Benedict Cumberbatch so that probably would be quite good they need someone with a lot of sort of authority, you know. Um, I would have loved, like, Daniel Day-Lewis in his heyday. Yeah, yeah. He's probably old now. Uh, someone with a lot of authority, and the more sort of serious they are, the better in a way. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think because I know you, I just picked you doing it. Right, yeah. Well, hey, listen, I, I, I'll... I'll um, I'll put my hat in the ring. <laughs> you could yeah. be the you could be the writer, the director, the costume designer, and the main star. Well, I'll actually do it for real, yeah. But, but how would you feel if, like, let's that. imagine the scenario: it got greenlit to be a film. You then sort of adapt the screenplay. It goes to a director, and then they, you don't you go for the casting, and you don't get it. <laughs> what would you do? Then? <laughs> oh, that, yeah, well, that that does happen. Really? Yeah. Oh. I've known that happen. <laughs> I feel like he's feel just like unlocked a bad memory there. <laughs> I've just uh, put my foot in it, haven't I? Um, so I, I never thought of it like that. I suppose with, with, with writing a screenplay then, yeah, you, once you've done the, the, the script. So, you know, with the likes of Paddington, would you say it was starkly different to the script you wrote or there was just minor little differences that... Uh, yeah, I think... It, Pennington's interesting because it, uh, because I write with the director, so right. we're in the room all the time together. And so he'll show me things, you know, and we'll talk about casting and he'll show me like, oh, this is where we think we're going to do the, you know, like St. Paul's Cathedral, you know. And we were lucky right. in Pennington too because we've got, we've got quite iconic kind of places to go and film in and, so that's an interesting one. Although, and, and we did get our cast for that. Like we, Hugh Grant, we wrote, his character was called Hugh Grant in the script. Him. Amazing. I Like the Paddington films are absolutely amazing. And I've seen both of them. And Paddington too, I'm not just saying, is, is you know, Hugh Grant in that as well. It is amazing. But I had no idea that, he, that the bear was from Peru. I only found that out about a week ago. You know, because of the new show it goes, he came from Peru to be with me and you. I was like, he came from where? <laughs> this is what I have to deal with you. Where did you think he was from? London. <laughs> well, no, it's a good point because he is very British. He, but he yeah, that's what I mean. I was it. confused. Yeah. I mean, in the first film at the beginning, it, it's because his Aunt Lucy loves London and... I had, so he learned it off records of, you know, people speaking English in a very sort of posh way. So I was probably getting a bit cheese on my nachos. <laughs> yeah. So um, is it, I mean, what would you say Stick of the Dump was your favourite book as a child or was there any other, 
books you read as a youngster that sort of inspired this one? Yeah. Or I read, um, I mean, Roald Dahl, I read a lot of. I liked um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Danny, Champion of the World. Yeah. Um, and, um, but I read quite, like, there's these books that I was obsessed with that I don't think you can get anymore um, called Sherlock Hound. All right. And it was, uh, so hound as in dog, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, Sherlock, Sherlock Hound was a, um, a dog, obviously. I think he was a basset hound. And, his, and uh, Watson was a Scottish terrier. Yeah. And everyone in it was dogs. And um, <laughs> I, there was about 12 of them, and I read them all, you know. I, I loved them, but I've tried to get them. You can't get them anymore. No. I, I don't even remember what I loved about them. They were just really funny. Yeah. And they were very simple sort of um, uh, mystery sort of tales, you know. Yeah. So I've always liked slightly strange sort of, Creatures, strange tales, and funny and funny, um, funny books, you know. And I think that's what rolled down on a social media campaign to try and find them. I'm sure someone has them in a in a account, yeah. Because I, I listened to a podcast recently, uh, a football one, and they were talking about Steve Bruce, you know, the Newcastle manager. He wrote yeah. a series of books about a footballer who was also a detective and sort yeah. of had to solve crimes. And you can't get, because I think once it was shared on one of these podcasts, it went, but you could not get a copy of it. It was like gold that you couldn't get hold of it. And uh, apparently it's it, awful, Don't, awful. I know it. all about this because um, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a Newcastle fan. And I'm, oh, yeah. Uh, and Jim Howick, who's on um, um, Horrible Histories with me, is a, he's a Spurs fan. And we talk about football quite a lot. And me and Jim were just in between takes one day and we were just googling stuff yeah. and then uh, about football and steve bruce's novels came up and went hey look steve bruce has done some <laughs> but you should see the have you, have you seen the covers of them there's like one's called striker yeah yeah got the striker on a pitch with a knife in it <laughs> now and a big crowd in it and i go someone's got to have seen that happening <laughs> Uh, I'm surprised, yeah. Maybe that might inspire your next book. Them Sherlock Hound books will be in a teacher somewhere's yeah, I reckon so. classroom cupboard because yeah. you find stuff in there from the from, cupboard behind behind the old TV on yeah, the wheels. Exactly. Weird, weird yeah. TV. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you said there that Murdin is banished for bad behaviour. What was the baddest thing you ever did when you were at school, Simon? get down to nitty gritty oh god i mean i i did see that question and uh well um <laughs> it was a strange school for me because my primary school was a in in the village that i lived in which is a very small village and it's interesting because my daughter my, my mum brought my daughter a load of photographs down of, of my school um uh, oh, well, just of me as a kid, and, and Eve was looking through them, and she found one of me and um, about sort of 18 other kids, and she went, Dada, your, your class was so small. 
<laughs> and my mum went, that was his old school. <laughs> <laughs> Why were you the best in your year group when there was only two of you? <laughs> yeah, there was about four of us, I think. But wow. it was really, it's really odd. I mean, I find that strange with my Eve going to school and there's like 32 kids in a, in a class. And I go, what? How on earth do you, well, how do you teach anything in yeah. a class that size? And how do you, how do you learn anything? It's so, must be so difficult for teachers. But it, it, the challenges um, come in different ways as well. Because if you're at a very, very small school, it's, there's the challenges in that you might have a small class, but it was likely you would have been in a class with other year groups as well. So, yeah, yeah. so you might have a class of, you know, 18, but the teacher yeah. has to somehow teach year six different ones, yeah. year one in the same time. So it, but, um, because there was different sort of, I mean, this is the worst thing I could think of that I did. Um, I used to have a couple of the younger kids um, were like, I used to call them my royal steps. So, <laughs> At break time, I'd be sitting on my chair and I'd go, Royal Steps, and these kids would go and lie on the floor and I'd step on them to get off my chair. And I was only about six. I think that's pretty bad, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's good, I'm sure. And they'll be telling everyone that. We used to be Royal Steps for Simon Farnaby. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, but when I thought of that, yeah, one of them would kneel, one of them would be on the hands and knees, the other one would be laid down, so it was like two tears. <laughs> Did you walk on him? Yeah, I walked on him, yeah. And then and then when I came back, I'd go Royal Steps and they'd get down and then I'd climb up. <laughs> I love how you just said it. Royal Steps, they could have been playing their own game. Oh, it's okay. our time. I was gonna I was gonna say who inspired the bullies in the book, but uh well, I know. <laughs> um, but also it's slightly murdering. That's the sort of thing that murdering would, would do or would like to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Royal Steps. <laughs> But it's, that's like one of those, uh, you know, uh, folklore stories you hear from school. Like, you know, when you start secondary school, we used to have Sprog Bashing Day, didn't sprog we? Sprog Bashing Day, And if yeah. there was a Friday the 13th and you were a year seven, you couldn't go in the toilets because you'd get your head flushed down the toilet. And you'd hear these rumours of children who never survived Sprog Bashing Day. That sounds like another one. Yeah, but there is, there is the one, um, it was like the classic where you say to someone like, oh, loser says what? And then they go, what? And you go, <laughs> Loser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have um. So, where where are you where are you from? We're Manchester. We're based in Manchester. Right. Yeah. Do you have Do you have a thing called Mischief Night, which is the night before Bonfire Night? So on the fourth of November. Right. No, so yeah, so yeah, Bonfire Night on the fifth, but the night before, where in the northeast or where I was, maybe just in the village I was from. Yeah. They had Mischief Night. And you would go and do like knock on doors and run away and like egging and stuff. Bad stuff that on mischief night. Yeah, that yeah, just it's like egging and stuff, egg, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Toilet paper. I remember we we paper. a couple a couple of like me and my friends went to a girl's house who was in our year, and one of our mates had just been finished by her. So it was a bit of a revenge mission, and uh, we egged a house, and then set off running, but we forgot that the dad was like a former athlete <laughs> the dad opened the door pull. and caught our slowest mate <laughs> we were all gone and my, my slowest mate who'd obviously had a few too many hamburgers it was me so don't egg like daily thompson's house exactly yeah <laughs> yeah get a javelin to the back yeah um <laughs> 
absolutely buzzing to be sponsored this week by PE Passport, which is your complete PE planning, tracking and assessment tool. There are over 200 different units of work with lessons containing instructional diagrams and videos to help teachers. We've been using this for a number of years in our school. It's absolutely brilliant. You're just about to start in your school as yeah, well, we aren't are, you? Yeah. It has all sorts of reporting and, and analysis tool to help you get a complete overview of PE and sport in your school, events and competitions, calendar, extracurricular club tracking and registers, full subject leader toolbox containing essential documents such as skills, and knowledge progression, your whole intent implementation, impact statement. It's just all there for you. And if you go to pepassport.co.uk, you can get a free trial. And if you quote Mr. P, you will also get a 10% discount. Honestly, it's absolutely brilliant. Well worth looking at. Even if you're not a PE coordinator and you don't feel as confident teaching PE, this is just your the, the best tool that you We've all been there. You have an unexpected medical expense. Or you get into a fender bender. But you don't have the money to pay for it immediately. Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that could help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank finally get your car repaired, or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. To download the Dave app, go to dave.com today. That's D-A-V-E dot Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. You can use to help you make the most of that subject. So head over to primarypepassport.co.uk. That's primarypepassport.co.uk today. So would you say you enjoyed school or, you know... Because obviously, people, you know, you either, I think, uh, you come out of school, you have a love it or hate it. Would you say? Yeah. Like <laughs> I, mean, I think I did on the whole. Um, yeah, I think I did. It was strange that my school, primary school, was very small, so I sort of loved that. And then I went to secondary school, which was massive. Yeah. And that was a bit of a. Then, then I became. I wasn't the sort of. I wasn't the bully anymore. I was the bullied. Well, were, you, were you? Have you gone from the king? Were you a royal step? <laughs> I, I, I didn't quite reach the depths of a royal step, but I wasn't far off. Royal punch bag, more like. <laughs> yeah. um, so when you were at school, I mean, going off your career, uh, well, I would take a stab at sort of saying that uh, English and history would have been your favourite subjects when you were at school. Uh, English was, yeah. 100%. People often think this. Yeah, history... I, I, when I was a kid, I, I wasn't that interested in it, but I do think it was because it was taught in a very dry sort of yeah. way. And um, I think now, now I think people, um, I think teachers maybe are better at getting kids interested. I just used to go, why should I, why am I interested in what happened ages ago? Yeah. I want to know if, you know, Joanna Bradshaw wants to go out with me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have no interest in, in the past yeah. and really it was it was 
later on, like that I that I got into it probably at university and and I became interested in history and maybe what it meant and you know uh, how, how we all got here but yeah. at school no and people are often surprised by it but I didn't I wasn't I wasn't into it at all um, so what was it with with English then being was that your favorite subject English oh definitely yeah yeah and in fact was it? it was my only subject I was only really interested in in English language and literature and um yeah. I, was just, it a teacher I just or was it the content you are would you say it was the teacher or the teachers you had or was it the actually the teacher I had um I remember Miss Rushton she was called uh she was amazing and um and then I had a really good one at A level Mr Trees I was very lucky and they were they they really inspired me and it gave me always found new books for me to enjoy and yeah um, I always liked books with a sort of you know with with humor in them and I remember that my teacher A-level giving me stuff from America, like beat poets and like Charles Bukowski and these very quite quite avant-garde figures, and but they were really funny and did sort of um, stuff that no one else was doing. So yeah. I just found it endlessly interesting and um, unlike history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what were your history teachers like? They just just drive. Just you no, know, I can't remember them. I think I was so. I think I just used to switch off. Yeah. Think about Joanna Bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, like, of all the subjects you had to do at school, which was what the one that you hated the most? Oh God! Uh, probably, I think we had this thing called CDT. Oh yeah. Remember now, craft design technology. Yeah. And that was even worse than history. I mean, what drawing lines? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had a yeah. It's just DT now, isn't yeah, it? They, they must have got rid of the C. Drop the C. Craft. Yeah, they dropped the, the C bomb. That was the only interesting bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we had a our DT teacher was called Mr. Wood. I mean, you can't get better than that. I mean, you can't yeah, write that really sort of stuff. And then he got replaced by a guy called David Thwaite. And once we realised his initials were DT, it was game over. <laughs> yeah, the DT. We had a Mr. Wood as well, a science teacher. But he looked like Skeletor. Do you remember from He-Man? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were pretty cruel. <laughs> Our physics teacher, I, we, we, he was quite sort of weak. And we, um, I won't name him, but I think we really, we nearly forced him to a nervous breakdown because... You know those classrooms, and you'd let the gas off and do something, yeah. you know, bunts and burners, and yeah, yeah. And he was so fed up with us. I remember one day he just sat, he just gave up trying to control us, and he just sat with his head in his hand for like about twenty minutes. And then we went, "Oh, great! He's given up teaching," and we were just laughing around. So we were all making noise and chatting, and he was just like this. Oh, and no. Now I feel so sorry for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Adam was renowned for that. You know, he was he was the one. Oh, really, you got a few teachers on the. Yeah, there. I mean, yeah, it was it was difficult. It was you know because when you're that age and you're with like your mates and something like we had a teacher called Mister Allcock, and then oh, someone shouted, uh, "Allcock no balls," <laughs> and that was it. I was done. He couldn't teach me anything after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got um, there's a teacher in Murden. Rhodes' teacher is called Mr. Watson. 
but yeah. you call him uh, Mr. One Tone, and that was <laughs> because he talks like, uh, you know, um, yeah. we're going to Stonehenge for a historical, it's going to be fascinating. And then that's probably why I got my history. He was, my, he was one of my teachers, you see. Yeah, yeah. He would yeah. do history. So actually, I've just remembered that's, I've just remembered who my history teacher was. <laughs> in one term. There we go. If you don't yeah. go, you know, if you don't go, hey, this is really exciting, you just go, you know, the um, William the Conqueror led his army into Hastings. It took them three hours to cross the channel. Mm-hmm. In yeah. a boat made of what you see, oh my god. <laughs> well, I just think that's that's probably the reason why I think horrible histories was just such a because horrible histories for me is just elite, elite kids TV. I don't think you can get better. I'm, I'm honestly saying that. I was saying before about my kids and some of the garbage they watch. Um, and you know, our dad used to be the same with what we used to watch, I and that, you know, yeah. uh, Keenan yeah. and Kyle or whatever it yeah. was that we were watching. But it was getting, getting something that will teach you. Um, it teaches kids by stealth, you know. It's a yeah, very yeah. show with funny characters. And then you just sneak in a bit of... But I would, I would have loved to have had it when I was a kid and it would have been... It would have transformed our viewed history completely. Because oh, you know, history is... Like, people think... They're just like us. They're just humans. And they might have spoken a little bit differently, but that was always our thing is we'd go... You play William the Conqueror, but doing like a bank manager, you know. <laughs> he's just like anyone else, you know. He's just a human being with a voice, and you know. And I think um, once you do that, you go, oh, they were just like us. They just lived in a different time. Yeah. And um, and it is that really sort of where I was going with Murdin, and to go, you know, we're all just human beings, you know. We always, you know, we 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 learn lessons from the past and try and all get on in the future, but we're all sort of one. We're all one, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I would say, I mean, uh, on behalf of the... Te- I'm going to speak on behalf of the teaching profession, but I think that as that TV show, Horrible Histories, really did inject, enthusiasm back into that subject, just the way it was done. And, and I mean, I will watch it still now, and, and I'll, there's parts of it that are so funny. And I think what's great about it as well is... It, it's there's bits in it that adult, you know, it's more, you know, there's bits that obviously the kids, and then there's another layer for, for adults, which is what makes watching TV, when there's those sort of little things that you think, yeah, the kids don't get that, but I, I've, I've got that. Yeah, no, there's a lot, there's a lot in it for adults, and we get a lot of adult adult viewers, you know, and um, yeah. adult fans, and, and, and it is for, you know, again, it is for, I, I try and, it's like with Murdin, like that, it's definitely not, um, it's pitched at sort of, I think, eight, eight plus, you know, yeah. or if you read, you'll enjoy it. But really, uh, there's quite a lot of adult things in there. It's just what, you know, did it in Pennington 2 and, um, you know, and in Horrible Histories. And you just try and put things in front of as long As long as the kids are, are interested and entertained and a, ki- a kid doesn't mind if a joke goes over their head. No. You know, for yeah. a couple of seconds and... And it makes their dad laugh. And they go, what do you laugh about that for? And they go, yeah. I'm not, yeah. not, 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 not. I get that all the time. What's funny about that? What does that mean? Yeah, that's, um, but that's all part of it. And, and kids like that as well. They like, they like that they've got things, jokes to get. Yeah. The next time they watch it. And, Absolutely. Know, so I'm going to put you on the spot here now then. So of all the different periods that, you know, 
you're covering horrible histories. Which would you say is your favourite? Your, your favourite period in history that you absolutely love? Well, funnily enough, I, I used to like playing the cavemen. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were always... Um, well, you didn't have to remember so many lines. <laughs> so it wasn't as hard. It was quite easy to do. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, but also we'd play cavemen that sort of talked like TV presenters. And you go, hello, welcome to the Stone Age. Uh, I'm here today teaching you how to cook an egg. You know, and be, they were just always, because we all looked so stupid and we'd, we'd spent three hours in makeup, you know, and, and there were always good days on set when we were cavemen. And um, uh, I don't know, for some reason, we always had good, a good laugh when we were. Yeah, I think that's another thing with that, with that show is, and, and obviously you've gone on to do other projects as well, is you just get a real good sense of uh, how close you are as a group and how much you must get on, at, you know, off the screen as well. It seems like it was a real sort of team that got on with each other. A bit like a staff in a school, really, sort of when, when things gel and when things come together, magic happens, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. It was, we, we all got on really well and wanted to keep working with each other and, and just finding another, you know, we did Yonderland for Sky and then we did Ghosts for, um, we did a film called Bill as well, which I don't know if you've yeah. seen, but about Shakespeare and that's sort of semi-educational as well and we yeah. really love doing that and um uh, we will continue to work together because we all get on well and we know what we can make each other laugh and you know the people watching laugh which is which yeah is. yeah I mean you know I, I was thinking the other day about I mean there'll come a time where they probably bring something like Horrible Histories back whether it be in like 50 years 100 years what do you reckon it'd be like if you had to do sketches on this period of time now because I have, <laughs> I've sort of said in a, a few of my training sessions with teachers that I sometimes feel that in, you know, 200 years, if we're still around in 200 years, they'll look back at this period in history and sort of deem it the worst time. <laughs> everything that's happened before that we just don't learn from sort of thing. Yeah. So, you know, what do you reckon it'd be called? I was thinking today, what do you reckon... A pit, if you, so you got like terrible Tudors, uh, rotten Romans, nasty noughties, <laughs> nasty noughties, yeah. Nah. yeah, miserable millennials, the boring twenties, <laughs> the yeah. boring twenties. I don't know. Yes, it's very. It's a good question. Uh, it's a strange one because in in some ways it's a good time to be alive because you're not like life expectancy is high and yeah. And you're not getting killed in wars and stuff, you know. Like, there's not actually... But it's just sort of politically everything seems to be all over the place and mm-hmm. and, um, and in, in a way that they didn't seem to be like 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. You don't feel like you can trust anyone who's in charge, really. But, but um, so you're right. I don't know what they'll make of it. And I, and I, but the thing is that it's, it, it, you can, it's very hard to judge... Um, Somebody said comedy is um, tragedy plus time. Yeah. Like, so you got to go, if it's bad now, we can't see it yet. We can't see what's funny about it till 
10, 20 years in the future, and then we'll go, oh, yeah, now I get that. Was, you know, you know. That's so true. Was, wasn't yeah. Boris Johnson funny? Whereas now at the minute, somebody is tragedy plus time. Yeah, yeah. That's so true. That's like my ex. That's like my ex girlfriend. I mean, I've said a story on the podcast where I was dumped in the middle of Pizza Hut, and it was like the (laughs) stop it. It was like the worst moment of my life, and I was crying and and just being like, "You'll regret this." And then, um, like, no, it's the funniest. (laughs) now now it's one of my funniest stories (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah, exactly yeah you got to give it a bit of time and then you go yeah you you can sort of take it apart and go find out what was going on that's it yeah i hope i reckon yeah it'll be like that in a few years we'll look back and we'll be like what what were we doing what was what was (laughs) that was 2020 um i i didn't realize by the way that you had a uh a part in rogue one star wars yeah, I had one line, which was... Um, but what line? not have long. <laughs> Neither did I in that film. <laughs> How was that as an experience? I mean, I'm... Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I was actually writing uh, Paddington 2 at the time, and I got a call saying, do you want to spend two days... No, three days on Star Wars. And I went, well, yeah. And <laughs> went, I asked my... Paul, uh, my writing, who I was writing with, I said, um, can I take two days off? He went, no. <laughs> and I said, it's for Star Wars. And then he went, okay, you can go, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was good fun, yeah. I mean, I knew it was going to be just a small part, but I had mates, actually, who, so there was about 20 of us, and we, were all, we all had to go in this X-wing. Yeah. And against all, this screen, all these screens, you know, and it was... And it was uh, it was a great experience. When they fed these lines into our ears, and we said these lines, and then it so I said about sort of forty lines, yeah. And then they just would go back, and the director would go back and pick over who said what lines the best. And I, I know a few people who got who didn't make it, you know, <laughs> who killed off before they even got to the screen. So at least I made it onto the screen. Yeah, yeah. They sound like royal steps to me. Taylor of the Royal Steps, yeah. <laughs> so um, you mentioned your daughter before. How has how has the whole home learning been? Um, do you, have you have you sort of popped out any of the costumes from Horrible Histories to do a, a lesson with your daughter? It's been hard. It's really hard, isn't it? Um, yeah. We um, we did quite a bit of sort of homeschooling, but I think like everyone else, there comes a point where. Your kids don't want you to be teachers, you know. I mean, it must be hard for you guys because you are, you know, you oh, teachers as well. But um, I, I had my daughter the other day. She turned around and just before she went back to school and I said to her, I said, are you looking forward to school? She was like, yeah. I said, uh, you're not going to be sad that dad's not your teacher anymore. And she turned around to me and she went, well, dad, I was thinking about this. I just don't understand how you have so many followers online when you're a rubbish teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what daughters do. That's what they're there for. Yeah, holes in you and keep your feet on the ground. Absolutely. And how um, how's she found going back to school? How's the transition? Uh, she's been good, actually. She's just got tired. She's been. She's only been two weeks in. Yeah. And um, this morning she went. I don't want to go to school. I went. Why? And she went. I'm really tired. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think they've been there off so long, and they. 
It's yeah. so exhausting for them to get, you know. Did you hit her with the textbook, uh, the textbook parent reply of tired? You don't know the meaning of the word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I did. I went, well, this doesn't make any difference. You're going to school anyway. You're trying to be off. And I went, no, tired is not. I'm not going to write, I'm not going to ring in and say she's not coming in, she's tired. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, yeah talk to us, Scott. I mean, we. I mean, I'm very passionate about education, and I have my sort of views on on an education. So, from what you know, I don't know how much you know about our education system. If you were put into the position of uh, ed, ed secretary, educational secretary, which, by the way, I would gladly accept anyone, but who's there now? You know, what is there anything that you would change about education from sort of what you've done and and, and um, I would have um, I would have less sort of t- everything seems to be very target based at the moment and yeah. the, if they're going to if they're going to not have any money or not put any money in the schools then they can't expect teachers to hit all these targets so it's it pressures all around when, they, when there's no money so there'd be that I mean that's a slightly depressing one but <laughs> on the other hand I would I would go um I would teach story in school. I would teach kids how to tell stories. Yeah. I, I do this with my daughter and I go, um, we have story school and we'd be in the bath and I'd go, you know, what, what's rule number one? And she'd go, character. Rule number two, what do they want? Rule number three, what's in their way? And then yeah. have a villain and then have a happy ending. And that's it. So she gets her little toys and you know, she goes, my character's a dinosaur. He wants to win a singing competition, what's in his way, he's terrible at it. And then those building blocks, kids can tell stories. Because I, I remember you sort of have to learn to do it. When I was a kid, and my daughter does this as well, she doesn't like bad things to happen to characters. So she, she'll write a story, and it's about a little girl called Daisy who has a really lovely life and goes on holiday, and, and then it's a happy <laughs> ending. And I go... <laughs> Darling, nothing's happened. She'll go, I don't want anything to happen because I love my little girl. Yeah. And like, just, just, just to get kids and go, listen, if you're going to tell a story, you got to put your character through hell, you know, yeah. or like, or like that's your, um, uh, someone once said it simply went, uh, um, the simplest way to tell a story is put a man up a tree, throw sticks at the man, bring the man back down the tree. <laughs> like, you know, like, get your character, put them through hell and then, and then give them a happy ending. Or like, yeah. or like make it, you know, just give, it, give your character a little journey. And there's little simple things that I would go in, probably in part of English or very early on just to go, here are the building blocks, very simple of, of storytelling. Yeah. And uh, I think you will get a lot out of it. And it's not happen, taught at all. No, do you know what? You're spot on there because, um, you know, the curriculum that we teach at the minute, at primary especially, there is, uh, obviously, you've got your sats at the end of year six. And one of the sats that the children have to uh, sit is the SPAG test, which is spelling, punctuation and grammar. So what I noticed, and I, I talk about this quite a lot, is that it, it, it makes, not, not sort of makes teachers, because, you know, teachers wouldn't choose to do it, but because you've got to pass this test, so much of your English now is about the technical side of writing and knowing yeah. what a, a fronted adverbial is. I was actually thinking of doing this as a little game of like throwing these terms at you who is 
you know, as a writer, really accomplished. A published a, author. A yeah. published author. Just to sort of show how ridiculous some of these terms are. So, you know, a modal verb, uh, the active yeah. and passive voice. Things you would know how to use because, you know, it was taught through sort of osmosis of being exposed to texts and stories. That's what I mean. It's targets and it's, I don't know any of those things. And I've done it with my daughter, you know, like, um, you know, phonemes. And, and um, I mean, I, I did a bit of sort of, um, um, I did a bit of uh, phonetics at yeah. drama school with accents where they're actually quite useful, but not. I, I really found it, some of the stuff she was doing was far too complicated. Yeah. And if they just spend that time getting kids to enjoy books and to enjoy stories and or, or like Julian Barrett, who I wrote Mind on with, can't yeah. even spell. He can't even write. <laughs> barely use a typewriter. Um, but he's brilliant. He's a really funny, amazing story, brilliant, you know, everything. But if you were to judge him on his, either his handwriting or even his, you know, send me a, uh, uh, a, a document he's done on his computer that makes no sense. <laughs> and, that, and that's got spell check and that's got, you know, I mean, yeah. nowadays they do it all for you, you know. Um, yeah. So really, and it's not that important. What's important it's is what storytelling. Is thing. As, as you do with the, with the book, it's that it's, stories are what connects us as a, as a society, as a people, you know, and uh, that's been since Stone Age stories, you know, yeah. that's what's, what's helped us move forward. So absolutely, really, uh, I completely agree with you there. So um, we do have, like, normally on our, on our podcast, we have sort of features and sort of uh, things we'll talk about, the quirky sort of unusual things. So I might just throw a few of these, a few of these at you, and if there's anything that springs to mind, feel free to share. So one of the features we have are sort of random things that you only find in school. So, you know, things that you will have probably never seen anywhere else in the world apart from when you were at primary school. Any examples jump out to you? Of, uh, <laughs> of what? Are you going to read? What? Where well, are they? What do you mean? Can you think of anything that we like oh, that we used to? We've oh, I see. About? Right, things, things you only, things you only get in. Um, yeah, so you know, like the wooden benches and assembly. Well, in a class of four, probably empty chairs. <laughs> well, I know. Yeah, royal steps. You don't get many of them outside. <laughs> there the we go. Uh, I might try that. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I remember plimsolls. I've never seen plimsolls since school. Yeah. I mean, they are an established footwear. Yeah. Little you know black I mean, you know what, don't really get them that much in school now. Really, they're they're very slippy. Yeah. Like, I find that the, the grip on... Are we talking about PE pumps? Yeah, yeah. What's that word that Simon used? Plimsolls, we call them. I've never <laughs> heard that word in my life. Yeah, we say educational podcast mainly because Adam learns something new every week. There you go. <laughs> word of the week for Adam, plimsolls. Um, yeah, well, other things like pointless things you find in schools. So we could very quickly talk about, well, we've already sort of mentioned all the uh, terms that children are forced to remember for the SPAG test. Yeah, That horrendous. sacrifices the sort of... Uh, um, the pointless thing as well, I think the pointless thing is the fire drill being up on the wall in small writing. I think that's pointless oh, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. 
If there's a fire, you get out. It's simple. It should just say, get out. You hear fire, get out. Yeah. Uh, I know you always have to line up. You have to go and line up in, 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 uh, in a specific place in single file. Yeah. Going, look, how important is it that we all line up in straight lines <laughs> in the playground? I got a sticker. Can we just get as far away as we can? Absolutely. Is that because you weren't next to that girl that you liked? <laughs> I know, yeah. Joanna Bradshaw, yeah. I hope she's not listening to this. I was going to say, I bet she's loving this. I bet she's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also have a feature, obviously, during these times. We had a feature called uh, COVID of the Week. So it was sort of anyone that was in the news for doing something ridiculous, crazy uh, during the pandemic. Is anything that you've seen recently that you just thought, you know, face palm moment for why is that? Why, why would you do that during these very, very difficult times? It is an odd one because I don't notice, I've heard this term COVID, and I don't really notice it because because um, I say we, my wife and daughter and I got it so early on and, and got over it. Yeah. Um, and then so, you know, because people go, isn't it awful when someone runs past you and they're out running or someone's, you know, not got their mask on? And I go, oh, I don't know. It's because I'm not that worried. Of, like, I'm lucky enough to be not. Yeah, yeah. It, like a lot of people are, totally justifiably. Yeah. So I probably don't notice. So that means that I'm the COVID. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time. Sure that is me. Acceptance. I've accepted it. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, my, not that my mum's a COVID here, but my mum always, I think parents are quite funny in this because they are, my parents are both in their 70s and vulnerable, but still treat it like it's the biggest nuisance. <laughs> like, oh God, I've got to wear a bloody mask when I go to the bloody shop. Stupid bloody thing. And I forgot it the other day and they wouldn't let me in. <laughs> you know, it's all this. So, and then my mum always says, well, when, when all this nonsense is over, then um, we'll come and see you. Yeah. Nonsense, you know. <laughs> well, it's not nonsense. Yeah, it's a load of bloody rubbish. <laughs> Have you done that thing where, um, you know, you're speaking to more people because it's obviously been locked down and stuff and you've, it, it, you know, when this nonsense ends, you've got so many plans because you say to people, we should, we should meet up more, we should catch up yeah, more. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there was a time when, in the, in the harshest bit of lockdown, when I was too busy with doing... I had a Zoom every night. I had a quiz with my wife's family. I had a quiz with my family. I had a, everyone was so, oh, we've got to, let's do a regular thing. And then you'd have a mate's night. And then you'd go, bloody, oh, God, I need, I need a break from Zoom. <laughs> a break. I was desperate to keep connected. And then did it for a week to bloody quiz. I was like... Ah, oh, sick of these quizzes. Is this what this what made the book the, the, the Zoom the the sickness that just uh, fed up of doing the Zoom quizzes led to this book being written? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, um, yeah. Just going back to this, because we wrap it up in a second. Do you have a particular sort of routine when it comes to writing? Because I watched the video recently with uh, it's like an old clip of Roald Dahl, and he he was talking through his process of how he how he wrote his books. And it was interesting because he has his house and then he just used to go to this little shed, which I'm thinking, visiting my shed, and he just used to sit there. And, and I was thinking, did he become this author 
once he had kids, and he was thinking, <laughs> right, how can I get a break away from the right, kids? Right, go right in the shed. Yeah, I'll go and write in the shed. Yeah, quite possibly. I mean, he was a bit sort of cantankerous and, um, uh, but, and had a strange relationship with his kids, I think. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm they, uh, Wizard in My Shed was written mostly at home, yeah. And I've got a little office in, in my house and, um, and it was all there. I mean, it is nice. It's you know, you need a nice safe space to go where you're not going to be bothered too much. Yeah. Um, and I've got dogs, so it, usually it would be take my dogs to school, walk the dogs, and then write for like four or five hours. Yeah. And then stop. That's all. That's about all you can do. You know, really. Mm. Um, what was the uh, what was the feeling like when you uh, when you finally finished it? Because I'm I'm thinking about. I mean, I'm nowhere near this standard. I used to watch a film from Global Video, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and then I'd go in on the Monday and basically write the whole story with no commas, no full stops. <laughs> so when the teacher was trying to read my story out, they looked like they were about to go have cardiac arrest. Um, but what was I always remember when you finally get to the end and you put that final full stop. You know, how did it feel? Was it we just absolutely? Oh, it's, always, it's always a nice feeling. But usually you've got a usually you've got to send it to your editor, and then it's and then you, you feel it's never really finished. It's the same yeah. with writing a screenplay. You go, you go, you get a great satisfaction at the end of it. But yeah. someone once said writing is rewriting, and yeah. that's very true. Like it, it, it's hard to know when it is finished. Because someone will always go, oh, um, we've given it to so-and-so and they said you should change this or that. Yeah. And then, obviously, you, get, you don't have to, but you go, yeah, that probably is a good idea. Like, it's great to listen to people is a good bit of advice. Like, yeah, It's very easy to go, hey, I know how this story goes and I know, it, so I know the best way to tell it. But you do have to listen to your editors and, and, and give it to people. I gave it to a, a lot of kids to read and, yeah. and got their feedback. And um, well, they may want to be the harshest critics, well. the kids. You are. So it, obviously with our podcast, mostly listened to by teachers. So, you know, if you had to give sort of three top tips to any children who want to be aspiring authors when they're older, what would your three top tips be? Um, it would be, um, it would be plan your story. Yeah. Don't just start writing killer clowns and not stop. <laughs> oh, God. I have it all planned out. So planning is, is, is good. And it sounds sort of boring, but it's actually great because you get to tell the whole story yeah. in your head first yeah, or on the page. Plan it out. And then, yeah, and another one is um, get advice. You know, don't be afraid of asking people what they think. Mm -hmm. let people read it you know even though it can be painful um getting people to read it and um uh and i suppose reading other books reading things feeding your mind yeah not just with youtube clips and you know yeah um, but try and get a varied sort of input because you, you you your brain absorbs everything it sees and you know so even going for a walk in the woods or whatever and, you know, 
can be can be good for you. And don't just do one thing, you know. Don't just you know watch Friends on a loop. Finishing the interview with a bit of shade there. <laughs> no, no, but uh, no, but actually, it is great. Like fr- it, Friends is so brilliantly constructed, and the jokes are so great. And the, like, I love Friends, but watch a bit of it, and then watch you know a nature documentary, or yeah. like read about something else you know try and I mean I, I'm as bad as anyone else you know I, I, I just watch Seinfeld or you know <laughs> yeah. or kind of um, you know disaster movies but um, uh, try and get a varied experience and, and get advice and, and plan yeah so do you want to tell us when the book is going to be released it is out first of October Super. Um, in hardback and um, available in all good stores. <laughs> it's, 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 I think it's going to be, like, I'm not just saying it, but how excited my deputy head was and she's really into a books. You know, just the way you've described it there with the characters. I mean, I'm not, as you can probably tell, I'm not well read. <laughs> but um, I think the way you've, you've spoke about it and just how it, how it looks just from the cover, because I'm a big cover guy. <laughs> I'm a big picture guy. But no, always, always, always judge your book by its cover. Exactly, yeah. yeah. No, but I just, think, I just think it looks brilliant. I think it'll be a massive hit with, uh, with kids. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. No, will you let me, let me know? Uh, I, want, I want to know what you think. Yeah, we'll do. Can you finally read it, both of you? Let yeah, us know. We'll Send us an email or something and then... Um, Absolutely, really great chatting to you, and thank thanks for uh, your enthusiasm about the book and all my other stuff. It's, it's oh no, been, thank you. Uh, it's been a pl- we've never done an interview. No, we've before. never done it. We wanted to ask you what the, you know. How have we been as as sort of hosts? You've been our guest. <laughs> you, we want your. You said ask good, yeah, you asking. To. It's a it's um it's a it's a loose, more chatty thing. Yeah. Than, an, than an interview but that's what that's a podcast isn't it yeah true true no it's good it's been really good talking to you oh, oh thank, thank you, you very so much. much thank you so yeah wizard in my shed available from October on October 1st thank you very much Simon really really appreciate that top man take care thanks guys cheers nice to meet you